Okay, so welcome to the Vanna Cafe Sessions podcast. Now, this is part two of um, a session that we started last week around spirituality, in which Sarah and myself were just exploring um, the question of why do we even need this to go for or to find uh, a connection with our spiritual selves. And in that, we've been exploring our own paths from pres from past to sort of present now, and so we're picking this up at that point there, where I think Sarah is going to start drilling me <laughs> about some of the stuff that I talked about in part one. So if you didn't get a chance to listen to part one, you can listen to this one in its entirety; it'll be just fine. But if you wanted to hear the beginning of this, if you listen to episode number sixty-one to get part one of this. Episode number 62. Pull that off. All right, you ready? I'm Clay Lowe. And I'm Sarah Beth Hunt. You're listening to the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast. Where we get together once a week over coffee to talk about the big questions of life. Let's get into the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Clay is right. I am going to start drilling him. Basically, last uh, conversation, you said something about how you kind of go through these cycles of getting into more mind-body kind of stuff, or like health and kind of thinking, reading, all that kind of stuff. And then at various points, you feel the need to get back to a more spiritual or soulful kind of side. Mm. So what... And, you know, we started off the last conversation a bit kind of, why do we need this? What is it that kind of brings us back to looking for that kind of, I don't know, spiritual self? So, when, you know, when you, when you feel that kind of urge to kind of go back into that space, what, what is that about? I think it's a disconnection. So I feel out of joint out of phase out of in tune with myself hmm. um, when I spend too much time in either one of those other places and when I start feeling this call back to spirit I, what I'm sensing is I don't have my grounding or sense of I don't know if peace is the right word but it's a oneness I guess is maybe a better word but there's a tranquility even though there's chaos, there's a tranquility in that, as in... And like a flow kind of thing, isn't well, it? Well, as in a solidness. I think if, mm. if, if I think, yeah, so if I was describing it, I think when I'm, I'm all discombobulated and all over the place and I feel disjointed and, you know, I don't seem to... Not everything's lining up and working well, I'm more agitated. And all those things happen when I'm kind of out of sync. When I'm in sync, all the chaos and stuff that's going on and all that, but... It doesn't bother me. Yeah. So I'm kind of, I'm in my Yoda mode or my Morpheus mode all the time in terms of composure. So I don't feel out of whack when the sort of spiritual aspect is there. But then equally, and I think why sometimes I come out of it is because sometimes it then goes to the other extreme and I become too tranquil and quiet and peaceful and you, know, you find the, it hard to re-engage with stuff that's going on in that space? Yeah, well, because my energy level then, my energy level is not like on fire, like, ah, it's just yeah. like, 
you know, and it's, and it's so calm, and and then I'm not, yeah. So the, I could sit by the cherry blossom tree and just stare at it for hours, but at the same time, knowing that the I don't live in a world where I can stare at cherry blossoms for hours. Um, but then I just feel like that, and then it's hard to get into a gear to be engaged because um, so far to the other. So that's the other extreme. So I go from yeah. extreme of being all like ah and 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 you know yeah just just jointed out of phase to being so in sync that I could just sit and do nothing for hours. Um, so I need the balance. Yeah. I remember I, we, I asked you a question ages ago about when we were talking about meditation and when I started meditating and I didn't feel like doing anything other than just because it was just like, mm, here. <laughs> and I was like, no, but I don't have time for it to be, mm, I got stuff that I got to do. <laughs> so I need my energy. I need that. Yeah. I need that fire. But if I go, and, I, and maybe, you know, I, I think we have a question somewhere where it's like, am I doing it wrong? Maybe. I go too far to the other end. Maybe I'm getting something not right here that I'm... So I, I guess I'm trying to find a balance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that makes total sense. One extreme to the other. I think, yeah, for me, it was kind of... I was looking, again, very much like the, the narrator in the book that we read, The Conversations with Archangels. I really feel like I was looking for that experience of the more that I felt like there must be. But there's a, you know, I, I very much feel the difference between the mental idea that there is something, which is what I kind of experienced in the church and in Christianity. It's like there's the idea of God, but I wanted to know that thing. And I didn't. So I guess that was kind of my push hmm. through. So, you know, so basically, for me, the next kind of step was at university. I, um, my best friend, Sarah, who's also called Sarah, uh, was doing all these kind of Buddhist and Eastern religion classes. And uh, when she was talking about stuff, I was like, hmm, you know, when something... You know, when someone's saying something to you and it, it hits you in a certain way, like, I need to know more about that. Because that sounds like something. So I took one of these classes. I actually brought the book. Here it is. Oh, here it is. So I brought this, this textbook <laughs> that, I, that I have for my first kind of, it's called The Sacred Paths of the East. And it's such a, like, undergraduate textbook. And I've got all my, like, underlining in. But I was looking through it today to kind of look at my underlining and, and kind of try and go back and see, like, what was it about reading this that was so profound? Because it, if, you hadn't, if you've come from a kind of monotheistic religion, if you're coming from one of the big, you know, three, mm. then these kind of perspectives, like the kind of Hindu philosophy, Buddhism, Taoism are a complete revelation. They're just so different. And something really resonated with me. And I, so I was looking back through to see, like, what, what have I underlined? What was it that was so profound? And I think that in these pages, I found those, those words, the ultimate oneness of self-phenomenon and the divine. 
And I thought, that, that is the thing that I think must be true. And again, this is all coming from intuition. I have no idea, mm. kind of, I had not experienced anything except kind of a moment of feeling like all's right with the world or something, but nothing that I, tangible that I could say. Um, you know, and I think that there's that sense in Hindu philosophy that what they call the Atman, which is like the kind of spirit, in individual spirit, mm. is the same thing as Brahman, which is the, you know, we can translate it as God or like the ultimate. So it is the same thing. And that idea too was really intriguing to me because I thought if the thing that is it, that more, is also in me, then I can find it. Yeah. You but, know? And, and I think this is where Christianity and Islam and stuff and Judaism, in a sense, people only tend to think of the religion part of that. But if you actually look at this, the spirit side of that, you'll find that they're very similar to what you just said. So when you look at the Christian mysticism or Jude, 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 Judaism yeah. mysticism or Islamic mysticism, mm -hmm. the language is the same as that language. Yeah. I, and I've, so I've, 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 and it probably comes back to something you said a little earlier, and it was like finding the metaphor, the language that resonates with you. And I think Joseph Campbell was really good at this, and he was pretty much was saying, find that we need this space to make this connection with a bigger self. Whichever route you take to that is immaterial because it's the underlying drive that, from a human point of view that you're trying to connect with. So find a thing, a path or, of, of, yeah, to, that, that resonates with you, that helps you to work with this force in a way that's best for you. Yeah. Um, regardless of what tradition it is because when he that book that uh um hero of a thousand faces mm -hmm. and the whole monomyth thing and when you i don't know if you had a chance to read that but if, if folks if you want to read that i think it did a good job of pulling of showing the similarities between all the different faiths paths religion spirituality to uh, distill their commonality between all of them um, and you find the same stories in each of them, um, which to me just pointed to, again, at that base level, perhaps there's something that we're all after from a human point of view. And all these different traditions that have sprang up, spiritualities, religions, uh, spiritual philosophies, are all ways of trying to explain this base level thing. And then the point for me was not to get lost in any one mm -hmm. system of thought so that you become what I would class as a true believer. And, when I, and what I mean by that, someone is a true believer, entertains no other mm -hmm. way or path. Mm -hmm. Regardless, a true, you know, there is no other. All the other stuff is yeah. hocus pocus or whatever, or it's wrong path. And so they become a true believer and they close off their brains to the fact that this other one could be just as valid as theirs. Yeah. Um, and that's a space that I've always 
stray as far away from it as I can. The fundamentalism or the true believer, as I say, where they become fanatics and they can't entertain yeah. another system of, of thought. Um, so, yeah, so I think I'm saying all that to say that um, there's this sense for me that if people were looking to a spirituality, and this may, you know, just, fi- it's about finding that path that works for you. And I guess to tie into your earlier question, what am I seeking when I come back to it? It is the sort of oneness with myself. So not even a connection with anything mm-hmm. bigger, but it's more but of I a connection with self. But that's kind of the point, isn't it? That of, of that that is int- was introduced to me by some of these mm. other spiritual traditions is that thing inside of you is the thing that is everywhere so if you can if you, you know you can either you can go lots of different ways but it doesn't matter whether you go in or whether you go out because it is the same thing hmm. so you, you yeah. are you yeah you just have to get out of your own way well so after so if you think about your kind of path and you think yeah. okay you had your uh, forays in magic and trying to find the force and the magic <laughs> What what came next, and how did that happen? Um, what came next, and I don't know if I said this before, but I had that. I I kind of left spirituality altogether and turned to philosophy, Western philosophy, mm-hmm. particularly. And and you know what it was? It was I was in Glastonbury, and I don't know, I don't know if the person that um, will recognize this, but I don't mean any harm anyway. But anyway, I went to visit them at this ashram. At Glastonbury. In Glastonbury, yeah, somewhere in there. Um, But then I was looking around the room at all these people, and I was thinking, what are these people doing? And it just seemed to me that they were were usurping another culture's religion, for one. Um, And it just seemed, although all of them were authentic, it seemed inauthentic that I was in this space, and I got all these foreign gods and symbols and things around me, and I got all these people that are non from that place all hanging around in this space. I was like, what is this about? And then, and I had to walk away. In fact, I think that was one of the years that I didn't go to the Peace Festival either Mm. because I was just thinking, I'm tired of all of that because everyone... That's kind of the new age thing, Yeah, it was just kind of like, ah, this is mad. And so... And I don't even remember what your question was, but... <laughs> well, I, yeah, this yeah. is it. Like, what's Definitely. next and how and, did that happen? Yeah, yeah. so, so I, I kind of turned from that and then went to the... So I, it went straight for Western philosophy and looking at Plato and Socrates and all those kind of guys. And then I went so far into that extreme. So I had the Eastern philosophy and Western philosophy, basically, and they collided. And I had my Matrix moment where it was all blank. Mm-hmm. And white. So I was in that that room where there was nothing, <laughs> nothing but this complete whiteness. It was so strange, um, but it actually was quite profound because they just cancelled each other out, out, and then there was nothing. And then I don't even know how to describe that nothingness. It wasn't an empty nothingness. It was a nothing, and it was quite cool for a while. But then all the, then after I don't know what period of time passed then things started creeping back in. So systems of thought and all that kind of stuff started creeping. But if I could get back to that white room, that would be great. Um, 
And so, uh, yeah, that happened. And I've kind of been in between probably now for since then, as in I had that experience, thought that was pretty cool. Um, haven't been able to recreate that. And kind of where I'm at now is I was almost, um, I'm feeling the whole sort of transcendentalism and that kind of ilk and being back to nature and connecting with spirit through that space just with the natural environment mm. and then um, yeah I'm kind of I'm kind of there yeah 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 I think coming coming to this country and being more aware of seasonal change and also being um, introduced to all the Celtic kind of celebrations of through na through nature and stuff was really interesting and and what i found really interesting when i went to the sweat lodge was like which those. again is is kind of although it's coming from um a native american tradition it's similar in the kind of connecting with the seasons and the and the sacredness of manifest through nature and uh so you, you honor the different kind of positions or different directions and what they represent and there's kind of archetypal figures but then there's a reverence also for the mystery and the thing that we will never understand really that is, is beyond kind of any human logic or whatever I found that really interesting as well so I quite like that I quite like the whole sort of um like I've done the sweat lodge and you know been in that kind of space and I think again it, it is that it's that it's a way of pushing you inward and connecting with yourself and then connecting with yourself connecting with others in this sort of mm. oneness of space and I think it it almost to me makes the world make sense mm -hmm. because everything the stuff that we do is just ridiculous what we do as human beings Um and maybe that's the answer for me. The stuff that we're doing, and I've got no choice but to do, but it is ridiculous. And maybe it's when I do the spirituality stuff, at least I can take a break from... The ridiculousness? The, yeah, I can't... It just drives me... If I could just blow it up, which is why I want the apocalypse to come as well. I want something that yeah. could just... But just blow uh, up the nonsense? Yeah, just to destroy... You know, I... It's more of a disruption that you're looking for, actually, well, isn't it? Well, it's, a it's like I want to destroy all the stuff that we've become. And can we not just get back to nature and self and things that are important? Yeah. Um, but we're so tied up with all this other stuff that, and we don't, and we can't, I don't know, we don't see anymore. And it's like, and I guess I'm kind of bought into the fact that there is no more after this, so that's why I hate the, the whole sort of time waste with all the other stuff, because I'm not so convinced that, there's, that there is anything after this. And even if there is, we're not going to, you know, the system is such that we can't remember anyway, so it might as well be nothing. Um, and so, yeah, so it bugs me yeah. that we can't just... Well, I'm going to invite you to take a break and have a sip of coffee. Yeah. And we'll uh, 
Yeah, because I'm getting I'm getting moody now thinking about all this. You need some coffee. Don't worry. Do. <laughs> Don't worry. We're at the Havana Cafe. The Havana Cafe Sessions podcast was created to carve out space for contemplation in the middle of our busy week. Inspired by the very ancient idea that wisdom and principles of conscious living can be found through conversation, Clay and I started meeting over coffee at the Havana Cafe. From these meetings, the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast was born. And as an independent podcast, it is supported by listeners like you. Here's how you can help us support the show and continue taking time to explore the big questions in our lives. First and most importantly, you can share the podcast with friends on Facebook, Instagram, or old school, like talking to your friends. Haha. <laughs> Leave a review for us on iTunes, or you can support the show for as little as a couple of pounds or dollars a month. That's less than the coffee you are drinking right now while listening to this show by going to havanacafesessions.co.uk and hitting that contribute button. Hope you're enjoying this episode, and thanks again for listening. All right, so what's the answer? That's, that's, if I ever meet God or entity or whoever, I got so many questions. And my main question is, why did you make a system that's like this? I hope that happens for you. <laughs> that's all I want to know. It's like, why, you make, why, why make a system like this? Because it doesn't make any sense at all. When we could have made a, you know, sort of... Yeah, but they tried to make a perfect system, Clay, and we didn't accept the program. Yeah, but then that, you know, redesign humans <laughs> in, you know, make humans so they... Because <laughs> then it makes you, when you think of a thing like that, then it makes you feel, or makes me feel like I'm some plaything of the gods. And so I would create you however I want to create you, and I made this set of rules however I wanted to make them, and you just have to play by them because you're just a mere mortal. <laughs> So then it's like, okay, well, that's not cool, you know, if I'm supposed to have free will and all this kind of stuff, because I wouldn't design a system like this. I don't um, think anyone desi- anyone designed the system. The, the, like, everything kind of becomes manifest through the energy that we put into it. So if we're putting in certain energy, it's going to manifest in certain ways, isn't it? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> that's all we can really say, isn't it? I think, maybe. for me, the... The, the thing that makes most sense in terms of the way to think about all of these different spiritual traditions and how we kind of navigate our way through them is, you know, in all of the records of, of the Buddhist tradition and the recordings of what he said, there's inconsistencies, or you could find inconsistencies, hmm. just like in any spiritual book. Yeah. But in... In the Buddhist kind of world, that's not a problem because there's an understanding that this is a living tradition. And when you're trying to explain what is essentially like inexplicable, you're trying to explain an experience and put into words and form what is essentially beyond those things, it's difficult. And so the understanding is that Whenever someone came to the Buddha with a question about something, he was speaking to them at whatever kind of place they were at in their understanding or their experience. And, you know, I find that true for me all the time. So, you know, when someone's asking you even a simple question of how are you or whatever, you're going to respond to that person. And, 
and you might put in what you think they might find most interesting or a follow-up from a conversation you had previously or whatever. And if someone asked you that someone else asked you that question, you would answer it differently. And those two things, if you put them down in a book and someone read them later, might look inconsistent because you're not seeing the full picture. You're not, I don't know, do you see what I'm saying? And yeah. I think that that's, that was always like an issue in Christianity, that there has to be a consistency to things. And there's, there's not allowed to be a perspective that this is simply different ways of expressing something that is essentially inexpressible. And uh, somebody that's pointing the way for you so that you can get there. But if I start, you know, if we, we go back to like map metaphors, if I'm sitting up, you know, in New York City and you're trying to point the way down to Florida, you're gonna point in a different direction than if I'm all the way over in California. And similarly, if I'm up in Glasgow and someone else is over in Manchester and we're trying to get to London, people are gonna point in a different direction because you're starting out in a different place. Mm. And I think that's kind of, for me, that's what the traditions are about. So I think sometimes, like, you know, when I think about the sweat lodge, I, could, I really enjoyed my experience of that, but I also felt like this isn't my place, you know? And I think some, some of those traditions really resonate with people because they're speaking your language, you know what I mean? That's mm. what it feels like. It's like when you find the tradition or the person or the whatever, that speaks to you and suddenly you go, oh, yeah, that makes sense to me now. I think that that's why, you know, and the Dalai Lama himself says all kinds of stuff about this, about how we What's, need all of these different... What is the sense-making thing then? So, oh, that makes sense, but what does that actually... Something, what is that? well, what I mean by that is that, that that explanation or that series of words matches how I feel like my experience of it is. Of life of the world of, of, of the something more the reason why we're here or the, or the something for you this, is the, the something, something more. more like if we're talking about the spirituality side yeah. of things and we're thinking like whether that's my experience of getting back connected with who I really am like mm. you've said or that's to express differently to express differently for different people because you know I don't know I don't I feel like I, I'm getting to the point where, you know, I could talk really well with my grandmother in, in her Christian language because I know that language. And we could be talking about the same things. But I have found my way to that place through different traditions, mm. if you see what I mean. Yeah. But I can go, because, I, because when she says stuff to me now, I go, yeah, I know that thing. I wouldn't have worded it like that because that's no longer the language that I use to, to think about these things. But we are talking about the same thing. Hmm. Yeah, no, I no, guess that's... Okay, yeah. And, it's, and I suppose the next level of thing is what's that thing? And because it's probably, you know, so I, what I'm picking up from you, it's the, the something more. Um, I guess the other question along those paths would be, what's it all about? So, why am I here? Yeah, that's a little bit of a different question than. Yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah, but I think yeah, some yeah, search yeah. would be, well, do, how do I yeah. fit in it? What does this yeah. mean? Yeah. Or is there something more? Um, and there's probably a couple other questions 
that people are trying to... Because I guess... So, and I'm saying that to say we've got all these methods and traditions, but what's the underlying core thing that's driving human beings to... Because every all these systems, there's human beings involved with creating them and keeping them going along. So what's the fundamental thing in our DNA that makes us want to make up these stories or write holy books? I think books because or, we're looking to get to the white room. Because we're trying to find... We're trying to find because the right we room. have all had... Like, not... <laughs> We've all had variations and levels of profoundness, mm. you know, some more than others. Like, I suppose in, in the way, what I mean is that some experiences are more profound than yeah. others. Um, that we're trying to get back to that thing that we've seen a glimpse of. So that we get because, peace of mind? Or well, so because we of the thing, the thing that you feel when you're in connection with that greater thing. See, you see how it happens. <laughs> I just yeah. can't yeah, like no. bring the words. But when you're in that place where you are in connection and you feel like not you intellectually know, but when you feel the connection to a, a kind of deeper self that you do not walk around feeling when you're kind of like you're saying all mucked yeah. up and all the but when you do crazy feel crap. that what's the point of that what does that do for you or humanity when you feel that I mean the Zen saying is before enlightenment chop wood carry water something like that mm-hmm. carry water chop wood after no. enlightenment carry water chop wood so you, but the experience of change. carrying water and t- chopping wood is different it's doing the same thing, and it's and you're different. Are you? Because you wouldn't have changed necessarily, will you? You'll still be you. Or you yeah. do you stop believing in something, or do you realize that actually it's all pointless anyway? So now I can carry on. What's the? Well, I don't know. Because I tell you, there's some peace when I've come when I did the whole sort of existential thing, and that that's all absurd and pointless. There's a because then you can start worrying about it, and it's out of your head, and everything is cool. But do, but do you? Yeah. Stop worrying about it. Well, you do for a time until you have that human thing that says, "Oh, let me question again." And see, I'm looking. Find see, I thing. guess what I am is like if if it, if you if the answer is you do for a time and then mm. it stops, that for me is not the answer. But the, I think that the realization for me is that there is no answer. Mm, that could be. And I'm happy. So, so I get joy out of taking up the quest again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But deep down inside, I personally feel there is no answer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't, again, yeah. like I, I wouldn't, I, I've stopped using the word answer. Well, no answer, that there's nothing. I, I don't. Like I no feel language. like there's an in, uh, there's an understanding and there's a there's a person that I can look at that is caught up in the anxiety and stress and mundaneness of stuff that I would say doesn't really matter, and there's a continuum of kind of understanding to the point where you have people that I look at like the Dalai Lama and I think they get something. But do they? I think so. We're just guessing. We're not in his head. No. We don't know what's going on. All we see is what comes out. But what comes out of him is different than what comes out of most human beings. 
Really? I, don't I think, think so. so. What, what's different that comes out of the Dalai Lama that doesn't come out of other human beings? Uh, not having met him, <laughs> <laughs> except from far away in a, yeah. a crowd, I would say a abiding joy. But anybody can have an abiding joy. No. I think you can. It, you, everyone has the potential. Like the Dalai Lama is not a special person. He is just well, a human being. But my thing, I suppose that's my yeah. thing is that like, that's why I've. This is the tradition I've come in because I've mm. seen that thing and I'm like. But see, I think that, that thing is easy to obtain if you want it, as in you could have it right this second. But people don't. Because people don't want to. Yeah. Well. They can if they want to. They, they. I think that they. People say that they want to, but they don't know how to get it. And they and and I and I mean the Buddhist tradition believes that. Like a, a thing is, it's in all of us. It's, this is not a special person. This is why this I think is, that people can you know, have it. The inner nature they, of all of us is to. the same. Yeah. But. Um, and they know how as well. So there's no. You don't have to turn to anyone or anything. Except yourself. No, that's true. But it's when you are ready to turn to yourself and have that thing yeah. is when you'll have it. But there's a lot of people, don't you think, that, that say that they want it and are looking and looking but don't, don't know how to do anything other than the stuff that they know how to do. Do you see what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like there's a lot of people... But then but are they saying they want it because they want it or they feel like... They have to say that they want it. I don't know. Because this is where I'm. I'm just. I, I think what that. I would say is I focus on the abiding because mm. everybody experiences joy, but almost no one experiences abiding. And what's abiding joy. joy? It's not conditioned by the stuff that's happening in life. Like it doesn't. It doesn't. Like. Do you do know how, where I can find abiding joy? In the white room? No, if I go, just simply go to the mountains and spend more than an hour there, then done. Then I'm in that space of... But that still requires you to be in the mountains in order for you to experience it that. It doesn't. Okay. It, it doesn't. It just helps. Right. Because yeah. I'm away from people. <laughs> yeah. And all their idiocy. I think that's the thing, is that, like, I... I see... Because the other people that I see that can have this abide and joy is the other people who don't really care about people and their opinions or anything or needing to... Mm. So if I think of someone like Nietzsche, for instance, who in this whole sort of um, complete... When we're talking about not being a part of the herd, but having the courage to just be com a complete self-contained... And, and same with Emerson, the whole sort of non-conformist thing. When you can... When you can detach yourself from yeah. having to care about... I, I, don't, I, don't, I do not think... Like I said before, I do not think that there's like... These people that I see in the Buddhist tradition, it's like that's the only path to get there. And mm. like there are plenty of other people all over the world in all different traditions that have that thing. why we make it so hard. It doesn't seem like it should be that hard of a thing. Yeah. Um... And maybe the thing that makes it so hard is that there are so many people saying there's so many different ways to do it. 
Well, but I think the other thing is too that it, there is something that something about you saying like we're kind of living in a weird messed up system now that makes it a lot harder to reconnect with spirit isn't it like mm. we're kind of living in a you know if you think about different societies you think about you know how often are you able to actually and everybody listening able to look at the night sky and just kind of take a moment to feel the profoundness of that but if you you know, it always occurs to me when I actually do do that, that this would have been a daily occur occurrence for people. And then in, that wasn't, in, but that wasn't enough for man to look up at the stars and say, this is it. So there's something fundamentally in our DNA. Because we had it where I could look up at the stars, but that wasn't enough. For some reason, we decide that actually we need more than that. Oh, the stars, that's cool. Seen them, been there, done that. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> now, how do I reach the stars? Or how do I do this next thing? Or how do I grow more? How do I have more? How do I... So what is that about? To just, know. you know, yeah. It's, it's us. I think we're just fundamentally flawed as human beings. <laughs> we are. <laughs> Sorry. Inside That's we have I'm a at. golden Buddha nature. Don't worry. Yes. It's do, in there somewhere. Yeah, it's in there, Buddha nature. <laughs> All right. We better stop. Before I get without, crazy. Yeah, without, without <laughs> answers. So I, you know, if we were wrapping this all up, I guess it's, you know, I, uh, there's something about, um, and here's where I like the hero's journey aspect again of this, is you go on your quest, you get your mentors, you get your teachers, you have all these people that, but at some point you've got to walk the path alone, that whole yeah. sort of belly of the well thing. And you've got to go in there and then in that, when you're alone, is when you can strip away everybody else's system of thought, thinking, whatever. Yep. And turn completely and solely relying on yourself. And you determine what is next. So that when you then rejoin, come back, onto, you know, to, from that belly of the whale bit, where you were saying, where you that you're changed, but the world is still going to be the same, yep. but somehow you've changed, and then you carry on. Yeah. But no one's ever going to, you have to do that by yourself yes. at some point. Yeah, totally. And then, and, then, you know, and then that's where you're going to get your Dalai Lama types who would have stepped off, done the belly of the well, yeah. came to whatever conclusion they came to, yeah. and then stepped back into the path yeah. but the thing yeah. that probably gives them the abiding joy is that um, oh yeah they've definitely had to go through but they've, themselves but they've, yeah. they've, they've hung they, no they've, doubt. whatever conclusion they've come to they're good they're happy with that conclusion yeah. whatever it is you know and what you know on. what's like coming to me right now is that so so the new whole Star Wars story that's kind of continuing off on episode seven and, and now we're, we're off. Yeah. And the next one's coming this Christmas, I suppose, of that yes, season. Yeah, yeah. But basically, you have that situation where you have the whole Jedi and you have the, an understanding of the Force that's passed down from generation to generation through training and through having a master and all this kind of stuff. But then, of course, now Luke is in this really interesting position of having lost everybody. Yeah. And he was very, like his training was incomplete wasn't it 
So now, like exactly like you're saying, he's off on some kind of island somewhere at the yeah. original <laughs> temple of the Jedi. But he's had to go through it himself. He's had to train himself now, presumably, in the ways of the Force, because there's nobody to teach him anymore. And I think I'm really interested then to see, like... Because he's gone to his next level. If you think this is iterative, so he went through a journey, did yep. his belly of the well, learned something. Yeah. Then he's gone through the next level. So if we think about his health as Pokemon, now he's evolved to this one, and then he's got to go through that same journey again. In a way, that's true, but I think, you know, when he was doing his whole thing with Yoda, he had to go into the cave and face Darth Vader, but that wasn't, that's not really like removing yourself in the way that he has now removed himself. Yeah, because he's at a different level now. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. maybe, yeah. exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it'll be interesting to see whether they can take that forward, because in a way, I feel like that's much more representative of how we often can feel in this world that we're living in where there's almost so many traditions to choose from but we're all quite often disconnected from the one that we were maybe born into because that didn't necessarily suit us or perhaps we were born in a family that you know wasn't really practicing or whatever and then it's like you're looking but you, like you're saying you've got to go through these things yourself you've got to somehow teach yourself whatever it is here how about this yeah. I like that. You go teach yourself. When I was telling you that Glastonbury thing, another realization that came through me on that is that because they've stolen somebody else's religion, spirituality, then that made me think, well, actually, where's my actual origin? And would I have a more connected and profound and faster track to it if I connect back up? Mm. So yeah. even what Christianity is, you know, that's not our religion. We just stole, yeah. it's a desert religion. We stole it from people from that yeah. aspect, yeah. and it sort of spread. But what if you go back to your origin, your origination of your original tribe, and tap back into the gods or spirituality? And that's what of that the, I feel tradition. like. The only thing I can say is that I feel like there, when you find the thing that's working for you at the moment, you hmm. feel it. You know, it's like there's a resonance there for you. And, you know, having come through into, for myself, into a kind of school of Tibetan Buddhism, I don't know if you've ever listened to Tibetan Buddhist ritual, but it's kind of crazy. It's like the, the music and the, the noise and the drone of the monks chanting is really cacophonous and really weird. And it is so different than anything we experience in the rest. And there's something that resonates with me on a very deep level. And it makes no sense to me. But I feel like on an intuitive level that I'm in the right place. Like, and this is the kind of language that I can kind of come to it at. Maybe it's but the mystery of it. I don't know. Because there's not much mysticism and magic in our lives. So. But then, but then, you know, there there could be all kinds of different things that that cause that to happen. So why that particular thing? And you know, I yeah. guess if we believe in reincarnation, maybe it's you just don't, we just don't know. But I, think, but oh, all yes, like I could go that route, and like that would be a story that I could tell myself. Hmm. But I think what I've decided to take from it instead is just that this is a language of the path that's working for me at the moment and it, I'm just going to go with it until it stops working for me. 
Until you have your Luke Skywalker moment when you say, yeah. actually, I don't need all that. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Yeah, well, yeah. like kind of the book we read last, but that was kind of his part of his journey was having gone through that. Mm-hmm. And then when you can let go of those yep. things, then you, you're you at your next level. Yep. Yeah. I'm still on level two. You're still on level two. You still have that <laughs> that crutch you're holding on to. Okay, now we really have to. Do stop. we have to go now? Yeah. We have to go. I have to go get my little boy from his nursery. Yeah, and I just realized that I have a one o'clock after this. Okay. As we were recording, I seen a little message come up. Says, tat, I'm tat, on tat. my way. I was like, oh, dang, I forgot all about that. In the world of spirit. <laughs> okay, well. All right, that's it. See you next time. See you next time. This episode of the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast is brought to you by people just like you, wonderful listeners. So thank you very much. If you have a spare second and you want to click over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review or just some stars, that really helps us out a lot and helps other people find us who might enjoy the show. And if you would like to contribute to the show, then you can contribute as little as a pound an episode or less than a coffee an episode. Um, If you head over to HavanaCafeSessions.co.uk and click on the Contribute button, you'll find all kinds of different ways that you can help us out. Thank you so much if you have already contributed in some way or if you're thinking about contributing and really even just telling other people who you think might enjoy the podcast or um, joining in the conversation is very, very helpful. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Sarah Hunt, and on behalf of Clay Lowe, goodbye, and we'll see you next week.